Hi, thank you for welcoming us into your home. We are concluding our series this week on you in five years. So we have been imagining the changes that God is bringing into our lives as he helps us to grow into Christ-likeness, into uh, who we can be through what Jesus is doing in our lives. And today I want to talk about you completely secure. Can you foresee any challenges that are going to take place in your life over the next five years? Well, I think most of us can. Maybe, maybe you're expecting another child or maybe another grandchild. Uh, maybe there's a job change in your future. Uh, maybe a health challenge or, or maybe retirement. Are you worried about any of these things? If so, why? Uh, are you not expecting changes and challenges in your life? You do know that life doesn't remain constant, that it's constantly changing, and we will face challenges as we move into the future. But you can face those challenges with boldness and confidence. And here's why. Romans chapter 8, verse 35 to 39. Who shall separate us? from the love of Christ, shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. So Father, thank you for the confidence and the boldness that we receive through your word. Thank you for these words of the Apostle Paul that challenge us to understand how close your love is to us and how you are working so that we are more than conquerors because of your great love for us. Help us, Lord, as we face the future and as we face the challenges that we inevitably face in this life, well, to face them without worry and without concern and with knowing that you have embraced us and you continue to embrace us in your love. In your name we pray, amen. So here's the reason for our confidence. The Apostle Paul gives us two lists of challenges that can take place in our life and a quote from the Psalms. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? This is his rhetorical question in this particular part of the text. Actually, this is the third major rhetorical question uh, over the last two weeks that we've been covering. The first one, if God be for us, who can be against us? No one. The second question was, who is it that condemns? Well, it's only Jesus has, has, that has the right to condemn, and he won't condemn us. All of these questions are intended to encourage us. Now, Paul lists several tribulations that might separate us from God's love. Now, tribulation is a New Testament word for pressures, challenges, obstacles, difficulties, particularly when they come out of um, perhaps... A, um, an, an attempt to thwart God's plans and purposes or to try to um, still what God is doing in creation. And so the book of Revelation talks all the time about tribulations, about pressures that the enemy, the devil, and the world bring on the life of uh, followers of Jesus Christ. 
So when he says that God loves us, he's not talking about God's feelings for us, but his actions towards us. You have to remember that biblical love, agape love, is not about intense feelings. It's not about um, kind of romantic love or the warm fuzzies or anything like that. Biblical love is rather, it's action. It's that God loves us, not that he sits up in heaven and smiles lovingly at us and has warm thoughts about us, but God's love for us means that he is actively involved in our lives in caring, loving ways. So here's the list. He says, trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, and sword. That's his first list. Now, Paul had experienced all of these tribulations, all of these persecutions, except the sword. Now, the sword is a term that often means um, capital punishment. Uh, The Romans uh, uh, decapitated uh, Roman citizens as a means of executing them. Uh, They didn't crucify Roman citizens. They uh, killed them with the sword. And so Paul was talking about all these different hardships that he's experienced, and he actually will, will face the sword at the end of his life. He will be executed, uh, according to what we understand happened at the end of his life. But we see all of these persecutions, all of these tribulations take place in Paul's life. So he's talking about stuff that's, that he's even experienced. And tribulation shouldn't surprise us at all. Uh, and he uses a quote to, to explain that. He quotes Psalm 44, verse 22. It says this, For your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. In other words, uh, people, even Old Testament times, uh, were persecuted, received tribulation, uh, troubles, because of their righteousness, because of their desire to follow after God. Uh, The Old Testament faithful were always confused by this opposition. Uh, They didn't understand it because uh, many times in the Old Testament, they they tied their prosperity or their health or to their success to their obedience to the law. Uh, New Testament believers should not be confused at all uh, with persecutions because we have the model of Jesus who was persecuted and tells us to take up our cross and follow him. So when a follower of Jesus is persecuted, it, it shouldn't be a surprise. It shouldn't be something that makes us go, oh, where is God? Because we know Jesus has gone before us and he has suffered and he has set the example of what might happen to us if we become or if we continue to be faithful to him as his followers. So New Testament believers uh, have a healthy understanding that we do face opposition, uh, tribulations, and persecution. Revelations chapter 12, verse 17, John the Revelator puts it this way, Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring. Those who keep God's command and hold fast to their testimony about Jesus. Remember what's happening in, in the book of Revelation is that John is giving us a picture of why Uh, the people of God are being persecuted. And he says, basically, it's this, the devil is enraged against uh, Jesus and against all of those that Jesus brings into the kingdom. And he plots his revenge against them. He is endeavoring to wage war against them. So it shouldn't be surprising then that followers of Jesus face persecutions, opposition, tribulations. But what Paul tells us here, and this this is wonderful, rather than separating us from Christ, and this is Paul's own experience, rather than separating him from Christ, all of the various uh, problems that he encountered, these tribulations actually brought him closer to Christ. 
Isn't that fascinating? They strengthened him. They brought a nearer sense of God's love and God's presence in their life. So this is what he says. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Did you catch that? So in spite of uh, the difficulties and challenges that we may face in our lives, instead of really uh, pushing us down and, and forcing us to move away, during those times, we get a greater experience in God's love, in God's concern for us. Interesting. According to Gallup's U.S. mental health rating, uh, regularly attending church results in a number of factors that really show that uh, being a follower of Jesus helps. 33% decrease risk from death from despair for those who attend church regularly. There's a 50% reduction in the risk of divorce from those who attend church regularly, and a 29% reduced risk of depression those who attend church regularly. This is only talking about those people who attend church regularly. A lot of people attend church regularly and really don't take Jesus very seriously, really haven't grown or developed their their spiritual muscles, so to speak. And uh, if that's true of just of people who attend church regularly, how much more for those who take seriously uh, being followers of Jesus? So being a follower of Jesus not only results in us not being overwhelmed by the persecutions, but it makes us stronger. It makes us healthier. It, it makes us live better lives. The, the challenges and difficulties in our lives have a positive effect on us. We are more than conquerors. This is, this is a team term that means supreme victory. We not only overcome our adversities, they in fact lead us toward God. Now this goes back to Romans 8.28. In all things, God's work, God works for the good. Rather than defeating us, tribulations strengthen us and improve our Christ-likeness. Well, then Paul has a second list for us. Several challenges that cannot put us beyond the reach of God's love. He talks about death or life, or perhaps he's saying the distractions of life can't separate us, can't move us away from God's love. Angels, or demons. Now you wonder why, why would angels uh, be at all tempted or why would he be using those in terms of something that would distract us from God? Well, in the first century, uh, Jews thought that angels were actually jealous of humankind. There was a legend that uh, uh, when the angels saw Aaron going up the mountain to receive the tablets from the Lord, the commandments of the Lord, they tried to prevent him from doing it because they didn't want him to uh, get the law. And there's also a legend that the Jews had in the first century. They had a lot of theology about, about angels. There was also a legend that, that they were jealous when Adam was created from the dust of the ground uh, because he was created as a special uh, person in the image of God. And so there's some sense that, uh, that angels look somewhat askew, at, somewhat uh, uh, sideways at humankind uh, because uh, we are created in the image of God and we have a special place in, uh, in his kingdom. And so that's the reason perhaps that he's saying that, that angels nor demons uh, uh, could affect us in any way from knowing God's love. He says then, not the present, nor the future, nor any powers. Now powers refer to spiritual forces, demonic forces, uh, kingdom of this world kind of forces, nothing, no power in this world can separate us from God's love. And then he says, neither height nor depth. Now what we wouldn't pick up in our English translations is that these are actually astrological terms Height or depth refer to the, the height of, the, sun, of the, the planets or the, the stars from the horizon. The height 
or how much below the horizon was. And of course, there's astro-religions in the first century that taught the positioning of the stars when you were born would determine your destiny. And this is what Paul is referring to when he says neither height nor depth. So, so it doesn't matter what sign you're born under. It doesn't matter what astrological uh, uh, projections might be made about you. Those are all of not. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then he says to, to end this list, nor anything else in all creation. And this is a catch-all phrase. If you can think of anything else that might separate you from the love of God, then that would be included in this catch-all phrase. Nothing in all of creation can possibly separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And this is this act of love, this, this sense of God's interest in our well-being. This isn't simply that God will continue to look at us and smile and have loving thoughts towards us. This means that God is actively, lovingly involved in our lives, even in the midst of our challenges, our difficulties, our persecutions, our tribulations. Jesus actively works on our behalf. His love embraces us. Nothing then should faze us. You then can face everything that happens in your life with confidence. Let's pray. So, Father, we thank you for your great love for us, that you just don't uh, warmly have uh, uh, loving thoughts towards us, but that you're actively involved in our lives demonstrating your love. We thank you that uh, all of the challenges that we face, whether they are persecutions because we're followers of Jesus and perhaps face some of that at work or perhaps at school or perhaps at college or, or perhaps uh, among our family or members, Lord, uh, we know that in spite of these things, you're not only going to uh, help us feel your love, experience your love, you're going to help us to be overcomers and that these things are just going to draw us closer to you and strengthen us as individuals, as, as followers of Jesus. We thank you that no, no power in this world, uh, no demonic power, no obstacle in anyone's imagination can come between us and your great love for us. We take great confidence in that, and we can move forward into the future knowing that, uh, well, in all things, you're working for the good in our lives. We thank you, Lord Jesus, because of your great, great love for us. Help us, Lord, to keep this in mind every day. In your name we pray. Amen. I have a question for you if you're listening online. It's this. If this is true, then how do you keep this truth at the front of your mind? Now, I think our minds kind of work somewhat like a filing cabinet, and some stuff gets stored in the back of the filing cabinet, not easily accessible, and some things are at the front of the cabinet which are quite accessible. How do we keep this idea that God is going to demonstrate his love for us, no matter what we're facing? How do we, we make sure that when we're uh, facing the next challenge, when we're facing the next, uh, what we've called tribulation, uh, that that comes immediately to mind, rather than, oh no, uh, what am I going to do now? I'm in big trouble, all is lost, right? How do you bring that to the front of your mind? I, I think we just take a couple of minutes to think and pray about that and come up with a plan. And I'll come back with a concluding comment.
Well, I think a daily meditation will really help us in uh, remembering that God's great love for us is continually present in our lives and continually works uh, to make us and help us feel confident that we can face face the future. I I think there could be a a daily meditation that we might use to help us. I think every morning we, we could say something like this. Everything that happens today in my life, every thought, every word spoken, every experience is surrounded by the knowledge that God loves me completely. Let me say that again. Everything that happens today in my life, every thought, every word spoken, every experience is surrounded by the knowledge that God loves me completely. Say that to yourself every day to help bring to the front of your mind the fact that God's tremendous love is toward you. It's involved in your life and you can move forward with confidence. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Have a wonderful week.